All right, hey everyone, hey Janelle, we're back. What's up, everybody? We're back. Another short week with uh, not a ton of news, but we'll start by talking about practice. <laughs> yes, practice. Uh, Jimmy Butler, the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's yet to be traded. Showed up for practice and beat the Wolves starters. Basically, playing with uh, the G League team, the uh, the Wolves third string players beat all of the uh, Wolves starters. Yeah, I, I mean, it's really like honestly, I wish there was video of it because it'd be really funny to see like what happened. Um, but I also know that like that locker room is going to be a disaster this season because I'm not really sure how you come back from this. It's just been kind of a clown show over the past well really this whole thing with him has been a clown show but over the past 24 to 48 hours in particular yeah it's been interesting um especially just the fact that he hasn't been you know dealt yet uh, i think thibodeau is doing everything he can to keep jimmy butler um he wants to try to win now obviously for his own job security and the fact that miami you know they're really the only ones making legitimate bids at him. They don't have to put as much out because there's no pressure. So there's no point in, in making that deal yet. Um, if you're at least Miami, you can you know you might be able to get a lower price on Jimmy Butler, or you know if they play out this season, he just comes there in free agency potentially. Um, but one thing I saw from this was he he's had problems with with Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and their their lack of desire to win. Um, and just to, you know, it seems like they just might want to just be good players and, and get their numbers and, and leave it at that. Um, I guess Jimmy Butler uh, was defending Carl Towns in the post and yelled, uh, he can't score on me, he doesn't want any of this, and Towns passed the ball back out, um, which is not a good look if you're if you're Carl Anthony Towns. You can't, you're not trying to score on a six foot six shooting guard, small forward type player. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I thought this was funny. Like, I saw a tweet today about, you know, if he, um, you know, if he thinks, you know, his teammates in, you know, the Wolves aren't trying, you know, let's trade him. You know, I hope he gets traded to Houston so he has to play with like, Carmelo Anthony and, you know, and Harden. Um, I thought that was really funny. But I, I'm not really sure you just call your teammates out like that. You know, it just... I'm not sure. I mean, but it definitely is not a good look for Towns. Like, I'm not making any excuses. I mean, he should be working hard. You know, it should be more than just, oh, I'm going to get mine. Um, because, I mean, your goal should be to compete for championships and to be competitive. Um, but it just seems like there's a lot of contention among them all. I'm not even sure there's a way to really recover from this. Like, I, obviously, you know, Jimmy said today, like, look, I'm here until I'm not here. You know, but I don't like all of you, but, like, let's just do what we're going to do. But I'm not really sure they can really put it together now. It just seems very chaotic and kind of like a toxic environment, and that's not a good recipe for winning. Yeah, I was looking at, just looking at Twitter now. Um, Shams tweeted uh, earlier in the day that he called a players-only meeting and aired his feelings about the entire situation and uh, Timberwolves management. Um, and he told his teammates he'd compete with them, you know, for as long as he's there. Um, so 
he's he's still there. He's going to keep playing. He's going to keep being the the productive shooting guard that that he's been, um, you know, until he's not. And it seems like it's going to be either Miami Heat jersey or Houston Rockets jersey that he's got on after. So we'll see where that ends up going because. Right, right now, surprisingly, there hasn't been too much else in basketball um, other than just typical preseason. LeBron's getting his time in with, with the new young kids with the Lakers. and Otherwise, nothing else has really noteworthy come out other than guys just aren't getting hurt, which, you know, is a good sign for the NBA. Absolutely. No, there hasn't been a lot. Um, there hasn't been a lot in sports this week, like you said. Yeah. Uh, I guess one of the big things was, is Texas back or not? You know, they beat Oklahoma last weekend, um, 48-45. They tried their best to blow that game, uh, but they did come out on top. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say Kyler Murray is not a great player because he is. Um, but, I mean, Oklahoma's defense could not stop anything. I mean, neither of those defenses really showed me very much. I mean, 48-45, that's ridiculous. It's a, that's a very typical Big 12 game. Um, you know, and then Texas has to win it on a 40-yard you know, field goal with nine seconds to go. But um, what do you think? Is Texas back? I think that was a big test to, to see if they are back. Um, I think now it's going to be, do they have the letdown following the rivalry game? Um, they're playing Baylor, who, you know, isn't as bad as they were. Um, I'll give them that at least. You know, they're scoring and, and they've won a couple games now. Uh, but I think the big test of, of if Texas is really back is if they win that game last weekend like they did with, you know, a rivalry game that they go up by a bunch. You know, and then all of a sudden Oklahoma makes a storms back and scores and, and ties it you know, late in the game, and they move themselves downfield and get a field goal. You know, you win a, a close game like that against your main rival, um, and then you come back home and you get uh, you get Baylor. It's really easy for for you to come off a win like that uh, and kind of overlook that next game. And I'm interested to see if they're going to keep playing how they did against Oklahoma or if they're going to kind of slow up a bit and we might see, you know, a first half um, that looked like that Maryland game at the beginning of the season. And if they're going to be, if they're going to be consistent, then yes, they're back. Um, I think that offense finally looks good the last couple of weeks. I think they're, they're on their way back if they're not already. I would agree. And then I'm interested to see how Oklahoma recovers um, not having the loss, they play at TCU this weekend. So, you know, do they recover and, you know, kind of turn their season around and, you know, get back on track? Or do they, you know, take a second straight loss to TCU? Because, I mean, they're still, uh, they still have a lot to play for, obviously. I mean, they would, they would need some help um, going forward. Um, the one team from that conference that I don't hear a lot about is West Virginia. Like, I feel like, Oklahoma is getting all the love from the Big 12, and West Virginia is quietly sitting there at number six. Uh, so I think you're going to start to hear more about them as we march towards the you know, later you know, part of the season, as we march towards the college football you know, playoff committee starting to put out their polls here shortly. Uh, 
so I'll be interested to see where you know where they end up going forward. Yeah, West Virginia's West Virginia is interesting. Um, I was actually just one of my friends uh, asked me to to pick against him for uh, someone he writes for, and he picks picks five games from the week, and one of those was uh, the West Virginia Iowa State game this weekend, and. I, I don't know what it is, but I just keep getting this feeling like we see how good West Virginia's been, but I, you know, I don't know who it's really been against. I haven't looked at their schedule too much, but top ten teams struggle when they go to, to Iowa State. Um, you know, we saw it with Oklahoma earlier this year; they struggled, um, needed a couple late turnovers to beat Iowa State. I'm wondering if you know they've had a history of of big upsets at home. You know, knocking off number two Oklahoma State a couple years ago. Uh, in Ames, is this another time where, you know, a top 10 team comes in um, and Iowa State gets them? Right. Yeah. Um, do you think the – well, maybe it's too early to talk about, you know, does the Big 12 get in or not. I do think that um, you can pretty much pencil Notre Dame in because uh, I think you know, they're, they're pretty much – I'd be shocked if they did not win out. I mean, obviously, you know, chaos happens all the time in college football. I mean, I'll be shocked if they don't – I will be shocked if they don't win out going forward. Um, but I'm just – I'm thinking about this because I'm reading an article about – Heather Dennis wrote it <laughs> about, you know, who who has, you know, here's the, you know, remaining undefeated teams and here's who would be in if they won out. Obviously, Alabama – Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Clemson. Those are, you know, her four locks if they finish out, you know, the season undefeated. Um, and she's got Georgia at number five. Um, and speaking of Georgia, they play Saturday at LSU, which is a very intriguing matchup um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, LSU, it's a must win for them, in my opinion. I mean, they've already lost once. They can't afford to lose this. And I'm not sure Georgia can afford to lose you know, a game. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be tough for Georgia. Um, I think Kirby Smart said this week you know, he's concerned about their pass protection. And LSU has a good defensive line. Um, I think that could be a, a problem for Georgia right there. Uh, and I do, I do agree. I think this is big for LSU uh, after going on the road and losing a close game against Florida. Um, you know, it's important for to see how Joe Burrow uh, bounces back after that loss. Uh, luckily, he gets to do that at home, and uh, unluckily, he gets to do it against a good Georgia defense. Um, but I do think that you know that's going to be a tight game, and and my hope is that just because he you know was at Ohio State, um, is that Joe Burrow can. Go in and go into that game and play well, and, and LSU can pull out a win. Right. I what I think that's probably is that getting a three thirty in the swamp. It's not a night game. Yeah. Okay. That's a three thirty, I believe. The three thirty, probably the three thirty CBS game. Um. Yeah. I. I mean, it's definitely a tough environment. Um. You know, I think it'll be close. Uh. But I'm gonna go LSU on this one. I just think LSU bounces back, and I think that they get the W to kind of uh, keep moving forward after taking the loss. Um, but that's – we'll see. I mean, it's not that Georgia's not capable of winning. I just think LSU's a very tough place to play. That's just – that's my yeah. on it. 
yeah, I think that stadium is going to be the the difference maker um, in, in that game. I don't know how well Georgia is going to handle it, even though, you know, I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, that's still an experienced team. They haven't played at Death Valley in 10 years, I think. I yeah, it's been a I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be rough. Yeah, it's been quite a while. Um, so switching gears, uh, the Red Sox got the Yankees up out of here this week. Yeah, four games. I, I got it wrong. I thought it was gonna be two in Fenway and one at Yankee Stadium. Instead, it was one at Fenway and two at Yankee Stadium. But I will take. Knocking out the Yankees, out of, knocking the Yankees out of the playoffs any day of the week. And the Red Sox has some next level trolling going on um, with Aaron Judge, uh, with playing New York, New York in the locker room in the clubhouse after that was awesome. After he did that, that oh yeah, um, especially just you know the whole the whole thing with that was Judge walking out of Fenway, playing New York, New York uh, after they won Game Two, and then just to hear. You know, right after the game, seeing on Twitter, coming out of the uh, Red Sox locker room right now is is uh, New York, New York. Uh, that was really funny to see. Um, but it was an interestingly coached series because Alex Cora seemed like any any decision he made paid off. Whether it was Brock Hart, uh, Brock Holt in Game Three hitting for the cycle, um, pitching Chris Sale for an inning in Game Four. Uh, knowing that, you know, if you have a game five, he's going to be your starter. Um, and, and Sale did a great job getting through an, an eighth inning in, in 13 pitches. Um, on the other end, you know, Boone made made decisions, and, uh, you know, he stuck with Severino a little too long, I think, in game three, and then stuck with Sabathia, you know, probably an inning longer than he should have. Um, CC Bold, he doesn't, he doesn't throw the ball like he used to. Um, and, and it's hard for him to go more than, you know, three innings in a playoff game and, and then to go to your bullpen and not get what you were expecting out of them. It's a little tough for, for Boone right now, but that's still a good Yankees team. They'll be back, but the Red Sox just, this is the one time I think baseball for all its randomness, um, you know, the four best teams are the four teams left in the AL and NLCS. I would agree. I'm really looking forward to the um, Houston-Boston series because Houston's a heck of a ball club. Um, I think that when – how many games are you predicting that to go? Oh, that'll go six or seven. There's, That's what I think. I see that going. Yeah, I don't see that being a quick series because Houston, um, look, at least in run differential, had a higher run differential than the Red Sox. Uh, and they're going to – I mean, it's going to be – Chris Sale versus, versus uh, Justin Verlander, game one. Um, and that's going to be a tough matchup. And then game two, I think I saw, was David Price versus Garrett Cole. Yes. I mean, it could easily go, you know, 1-1 one, one in, in Boston, back to Houston. And it'll be interesting. And then in the National League, were you going with with Dodgers and Brewers? I'm, I, I, my gut says Dodgers. Yeah. I haven't followed the NL that much this year, but the Dodgers, I mean, they seem like they're, you know, just the more talented team. Um, but the Brewers do have, you know, the, the likely, you know, or at least the favorite for NL MVP with Christian Yelich. So maybe they can 
pull it out. It just, I, I got a feeling it's going to be Dodgers Red Sox World Series, um, which will be so great for the game of baseball. It would be absolutely. amazing for the game of baseball to have it be the Dodgers and the Red Sox. I know a lot of people are going to hate that because most people hate both teams, but it's so good for baseball when that happens. Yeah, if you get the right World Series matchup, you'll get people that are watching because they hate both. You'll get people that are watching because they love one. Don't You'll get people that are watching because they hate one and want to see the other win just out of hate. Yes. Uh, like you'll get you'll get everyone that's a baseball fan. You'll pull casual baseball observers in. You'll that's a good way in the dead of football season and the start of basketball season and the start of hockey season for for baseball to stay relevant. Because um, it's it's tough for for a sport that goes for so long um, to to really keep itself in uh, in the media in the news stream when you've got all these other sports going on. Absolutely. And uh, honestly, so I know we talked about Yankees Red Sox already, but um, a friend of mine is a huge Yankees fan. And um, in the third inning the other day, when it, I think the Red Sox were up 2 nothing already. And I texted him and I was like, your squad really needs to get it together. And he said, it's the third inning. I'm like, all right, fine. The next thing I know, the, the Red Sox were up, what, like 8 nothing or something along that line, and it was the fifth. So I sent him another text. I was like, third inning, huh? And his only response was that I was a Pirates fan. So, and this is a total sidebar, is so lame when you roast somebody whose team is, like, doing terribly, and their only response is to come back and be like, oh, but you're a this team fan. Like, I think that's so lame. Just take the L and keep it moving. I don't know how, you know, like, he, it's like when Ohio State loses, um, like, and people, you know, send me text messages or whatnot. I'm not going to be like, oh, man, you're a, you're an Indiana fan or you're a Northwestern fan. Like, just, no, just take the L and keep it moving. And I've noticed that a lot of Yankee fans are like that. They call out other fan bases. Well, you know, you're hating on our, our team, but you're fans of XYZ team. Yeah, get out of here with that. Just take the L. Yeah, that does get annoying. Um, you hear a lot in a lot of different sports, but it, it is pretty annoying to see that kind of reaction. Like, you're still, I'm assuming, was that game three? Because um, it got up, yeah, you said it got up to 8 nothing or 8 1. Um, so, I mean, you still had, you know, game four and a potential game five. Like, you don't, you got plenty of time. You know, you can't predict what's going to happen in game four. You know, looking at it, you can't predict that DC is going to, you know, throw a couple, one or two good innings. can't predict some of that. Um, one thing I found funny from game three was it looked like after the first inning, the Red Sox kind of knew what Severino was going to throw. Um, you know, there was a point, I think they had a camera on Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mookie Betts in the Red Sox dugout, and they're watching Severino. I think it was the second or third inning. And you see uh, you see Jackie Bradley you know, tell Mookie Betts that a fastball is coming. Of course, there's a fastball from Severino. So somehow the Red Sox, I don't know if the Red Sox, you know, figured out his signs uh, from just from being able to you know, you get so many games against a guy. Maybe you figure those out, or if they just, you know, 
what it was, but they figured out what he was throwing, and that's, I think, what led to that 16-1 to game. Oh, yeah, for sure. I agree. I thought that was really funny, too. I mean, it's it's part of the game. You, you know, you got to try to figure out and you know, anticipate what's going to be thrown at you. Um, but, yeah, it was – I had – well, and then the other night in the last game, um, it got really dramatic at the end. And I know a lot of people are hating and – want Angel Hernandez to quit <laughs> and stop being an umpire. Um, it did not come down to that call, and he was absolutely out. But, uh, you know, I just thought it was really – it was fitting that it was so, such a dramatic ending between those two teams. Yeah, the Red Sox will never make it easy on themselves for some reason when it comes to the Yankees. No. Um, but I do agree. I think I agree with, with most people in baseball that – Angel Hernandez is bad. Um, I mean, game three, he had, I think it was three out of four calls at first base. Were, three out of four close calls at first base were challenged, and or four of them were challenged, and three were overturned. Yeah. Like, it's, it's bad. And and the rule with baseball is if, you call, if you're the first base umpire one night, then you're calling the game behind home plate the next. Um, and they couldn't really get out of that. Um, and I don't think he did a terrible job at home plate, at least. Um, at least, you know, when he, he was consistent with both teams. But he's just – he's got to go. Um, he's just not not great. No, he's not. He, he messed up a lot. He's got to go. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there was a lot else this week. It was, it was pretty quiet. I'm excited to head up to Columbus to hopefully see Ohio State not being a nail-biter against Minnesota. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, It'd be nice for just an easy noon game, you know, in and out, done by three thirty. Don't let this go too long. Like, let's get in, let's get it over with. You know, just get starters out by the middle of the second half and and let it let it be over. Let them let them get ready to go to Purdue because that is, for some reason, a house of horrors. I'm terrified of that game. I'm very. I don't know what it is about Purdue, what they do there, whatever they put in the water. But since my freshman year, so what, seven years ago now almost, seven football seasons ago, um, we've struggled there. Um, Whether it was, you know, a close – I think it was close loss freshman year there. Um, And then, you know, I think 2013, you know, was was an easy win. Um, for the first time in a couple trips to Purdue. And then now, of course, we get a night game going there, and, and they've got an improved passing game this year. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I'm not looking forward to it. Rondell Moore, is a, he's a freak of an athlete. Like, he's just amazing. And I'm really concerned that they're going to put a linebacker on him. And I'm going to be upset if that happens. But hopefully not. But yes, the Purdue game is definitely concerning, especially given, um, you know, what week eight going into week eight of the season. That I mean, Ohio State's beat up right now, like really beat up all over the field. There's injuries everywhere. They really need a bye week. I really wish this game were coming out of the bye week or a couple weeks after it. But it is what it is. Hopefully, at yeah. this point we see them come out and beat up on Minnesota so that the starters can get out and get some rest because it's, it's a grind, you know? Um, 
Oh, this is just kind of one random thing. I thought it was really cool to see that Tua and Dwayne Haskins are really close. They talk like every weekend. I thought that was really neat. As yeah, I saw, something about that. I saw something about that earlier today, um, that they text each other before games and, and they tweet each other all the time. Um, I, I do think that's pretty cool. Um, just that, you know, they're, they're just two guys that, that play quarterback and, you know, whether it's they know each other from outside of Ohio State and Alabama or what, it's it's cool that, that they talk at least. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, I, yeah, it's neat, especially given that they're both, you know, on the fast track to end up in New York for the Heisman ceremony, you know, barring anything crazy happening. But anyway, yeah. I don't know too much else this week. It's gonna, it was... You know, I hate to be boring, but there's not a lot else going on. Yeah, I think the only other thing, which I don't know enough because I don't, I don't follow it, um, was was Conor McGregor. But I have no idea what's going on with that because I don't really follow UFC. All I know was some dude, whoever Conor McGregor fought, jumped a cage, and and you know was was attacking guys in Conor's uh, Conor's entourage. But other than that, I have no idea what led up to it anything yeah i know nothing i mean like obviously i know what happened but i don't follow usc fighting at all it just isn't my thing yeah um i mean i shouldn't say that it's never been something that i've taken an interest in enough to learn about yeah that that was interesting but i can't think of too much else um no hopefully going into next week We'll have a little bit more to talk about after some of the college football games. There hasn't been a lot of chaos yet, so hopefully there will start to be some more upsets. Except my team, just not my team. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah. I'm trying to think, even even just looking ahead, um, looks like there's a couple of spots where you could get some chaos. Um, LSU, Mississippi State, NC State versus Clemson next week. Uh, even further down, um, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, even though that won't be too much, those are two ranked teams right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Cincinnati's undefeated, and they've still got a decent schedule ahead. Florida plays Georgia in two weeks. Um, Notre Dame plays Navy. I mean, there's a lot a lot still ahead. We're, you know, there's never – Anything set as we've seen the last couple years with college football, um, whatever those first rankings are for the playoff committee, never really hold true by the end. Yeah, no. we'll see some chaos. Yeah, but we'll see. And I think the first rankings come out what, probably the first week of November, so we're not too far away from that. Yeah, yeah, that's coming up. But I think we can probably call it a day on this one. Yeah, yeah, I think we kind of covered everything um, that really happened last week. Next week we'll have hopefully a couple NBA games to talk about, you know, um, some college football stuff, some more baseball. It'll be be a little bit longer next week. For sure, for sure. So we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah, see you, see you in Columbus Saturday, Janelle. See you then.